The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I think we'll all be quite satisfied to put what has been, frankly, a damn tough week behind us. But you know what? We've come out of the other end somehow. We're all okay, I guess. I guess. Anyway, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. This is a HoopBall presentation. Hoop-Ball.com is the website. Add HoopBall Fantasy on Twitter. Add HoopBall Tweets on Twitter. And, of course, the brand new brand spanking. So much spanking. At HoopBall Gaming. Our sports betting feed. You guys got to check that bad boy out. I am Dan Bespris. At Dan Bespris. Just going through all the Twitter handles first thing out of the shoot today. Quick thought on the week gone by. I'm seeing a lot of notes about celebrating someone's life, and that is a really nice way to do it, but also it's okay if you're not at that point yet. Just wanted to put that out there. We've got a lot of things to cover on this Friday show, so I don't want to mill around too much at the beginning. One thing I would like to do, and I haven't done it much this week, is request a view. Por favor, please rate and review the podcast. If you feel so inclined, if you want to drop that five-star review on us, We'll love you forever. And as I've promised, every time somebody drops a new five-star review with some written words attached to it, I will be reading a review. And I can't remember which ones I've done already. I've lost track. I should have been crossing them off as I did them. Uh, So I guess I'm just going to pick one at random here. And let's see. Where are we going to go with the review today? Mm-mm-mm-mm. How about Mr. Best Briss? I like that one. I do love a good pun on my last name. When Dan does one-man army episodes, they run as smooth as the ones he does with guests. Might be one of the best hosts and analysts in the country. Let's bring the Daniel House down. I dig it. Thanks, Tom's Must One. Tom's Must? I don't know. Well, anyway, thank you for that. Uh, keep the silly ones coming, guys. If you guys want to write something funny, I will happily read it. Happily read it. Drop that five-star review on iTunes if you can do it. Uh, on the iTunes, if you want to call it the, uh, I guess it's apps now, even on computers, but the iTunes program has a very easy-to-use podcast tab where you can find Fantasy NBA Today. And as I've always said, I'll say it again, search for Fantasy NBA Today on your podcast app on your Apple-branded mobile device. Click on the show title and then scroll down to the bottom. That's where you can do it there. So drop a five-star review on the show. Pretty, pretty please. And if you write something funny, I'll read that joint on air as well. Friday shows, we have a, a way of doing things. And we'll stick with it because seemingly it's been working, at least for the most part. Number one, we are going to go through the Thursday results. There were more of them than usual. Pivot from there to a week in review, and then we'll get you set up with a 30-team weekend preview. We'll look at every team's next ball game with an eye on what we are looking for as we run up towards the trade deadline. And I'll remind everybody again, first thing on this podcast, since this is potentially the last thing you'll hear before next week begins, I don't know if you'll be listening to some other show, don't use your moves early next week. Save them for trades that happen. Do not just use a random move on a Monday or a Tuesday to stream a guy. Next week is a week where you need to save your weekly moves 
for guys that could have rest-of-season appeal in a big way. Not a streamer, a big way. So don't screw around with the, the meaningless little schmaltz in between. It's too important. It's the Super Bowl this weekend also. Hopefully you guys are going to have some fun with that. I think I'll be watching. I feel like when you have an infant, you tend to miss it sometimes. Now we have a toddler, infant on the way. So I feel like we could probably put the kid in front of a TV with football on, with some snacks, and he, he might be all right. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Have some fun with that, everybody. Thursday. Let's start with the Thursday car. We'll just roll right on into it. Charlotte lost in Washington. Ha, Neil and I, yesterday I did a guest appearance on Today in Sports Betting, our new gambling pod, and Neil had the under and I had the over, and he beat me by one point, one damn point. The total was 227. It ended at 228. So kudos, Neil. You got me on this one. Turns out, honestly, when the total lands one point away, that means the line was right. That's called a coin flip. One bucket, yeah, coin flip. But I lost it. I lost my coin flip. For Charlotte, Miles Bridges had one of his better games, but overall in the year, he just hasn't been very good. You can ride this thing. You can try to guess when stuff is going to be better for him. You know, he had that stretch back at the beginning of January. We looked really good. January 4th, 6th, 8th, 10th, and 12th. He had five games in a row where he was playing really well, and then it all came apart. 13th, 15th, 20th, 24th, 28th. Those were all pretty bad games for Miles. So coming back here, you know, five good ones, four bad ones, doth not make a great fantasy player. He's number 132 over the last month, which to me is outside of must-start territory. But if you catch him at the front end of a hot run, well, then good on you. Uh, I still think P.J. Washington is going to be okay. The minutes were a little bit down in this one. He turned his ankle and played through it. Things are getting even more murky in Charlotte than they were before because Marvin Williams is healthy and they're insistent on giving him some minutes, although maybe he gets traded. He should playing out the string here in Charlotte. Malik Monk is seeing additional playing time, but his fantasy stat set just isn't very good. And then also of note is Willie Hernan Gomez is starting to see a little bit of playing time with no Bismack Biombo right now. Now the question here is, what really is the deal with Biombo? We haven't heard anything about an injury. Presumably they're just say, kind of shutting the veteran down. I mean, we've seen that Hernan Gomez does not know how to play defense. If maybe he makes some kind of strides in that department, then we could readjust things. But he's also a guy that we've seen historically can make a fantasy impact, not reality so much, but a fantasy impact in only about 20 minutes a game. He doesn't need a boatload of playing time. You can look back at seasons past and hunt it down. I mean, look at last year and try to find every game where his minutes were over 21 and tell me what his lines looked like. There's like eight or nine of them from last year. Maybe a little more. Maybe like 10 or 15. And they're almost all good. April 1st, 21 minutes, 15 and 8 with two steals and a block. March 31st, 23 minutes last year, 22 and 5. March 26th last year, 22 minutes, 10 and 4 with a block on 4 out of 5 shooting. Then there was, oh, well, March 24th, 20 minutes, 13 and 10, 4 assists. He had two three-pointers in that game in a weird twist. 23 minutes on March 21st last year, 10-7. and seven. Then he did have a bad one, 25 minutes at Houston uh, on March 11th last year. 2.6 boards, 4 assists, did have a steal and a block, so kind of salvaged it. You can go back to middle of the year last season, 20, January 28th last year. He had 21 minutes, 11-10 and 10 with a block. 
25 minutes on January 17th last year, 11 and 16 with a steal and a block. Anyway, you guys get the point. If he clears 20 minutes, he's a fantasy guy. And last night, he had 20. The previous game, he had 19. He should be distinctly on your watch list right now for kind of what we can refer to as almost a poor man's Ennis Cantor. Very similar. Very similar fantasy games. They rack up rebounds and scoring around the rim. Good field goal percent. Free throw percent for Honan Gomez has been all over the map throughout his career. It's tough to know what he really is. Presumably, if his attempts are at a reasonable clip, he'll be somewhere around 70. His career is 68. It's tough to know exactly. But, I mean, you can see it. Look at his first season in New York. 8-7 and seven in only 18 minutes. Half a steal, half a block. So, keep one eye on this situation. I think if he really sticks at 20 minutes and Biombo is completely retired from playing in Charlotte, then Hernan Gomez, and I actually like when he's going against reserve units because then he can just cut loose and not worry too much about guarding anyone and just let the offense do the talking. He'll go on the specialist chart. Don't worry, when we do our weekend review, he'll be a specialist to some degree, but, I mean, he's really more of a watch list guy right now. Still... He's the most interesting thing to me that's happened to Charlotte fantasy stuff in a while. If this continues, I mean, if, in, if he gets 22 minutes in the next ball game, you got to scoop him on the spot. Not that there's a ton of upside there, but there's a very high floor with not that many minutes, and we could all use a center. But again, here's the thing. You might want to think about doing it over the weekend. If you have move limits, save the other ones for next week. Maybe Charlotte unloads one of the centers in front of him. Maybe Biombo gets traded. Maybe Cody Zeller gets traded. I don't know. Maybe they finally give him 23, 4, 5 minutes, something like that. He could be a really interesting guy that no one's talking about yet. He's owned in 2% of fantasy leagues, too, so there's all kinds of opportunity out there. I wouldn't add him yet. You know, 19 and then 20 minutes and two games that were fine but unspectacular but absolutely a guy to put on your watch list, and we'll mention that certainly when we're looking at the next game for every team in the league. For Washington, it looks like they've sort of paired themselves back down to mostly a three-horse operation at this point. Davis Bertans was cold yesterday. Uh, Rui Hachimura could be back this weekend, which is going to throw another wrench into things for any of the more fringy guys. But Thomas Bryant at 21-8, and eight, he's trending back up again. Bradley Beal in all-star, all-star snub mode had himself a big one. Isaiah Thomas was actually better in this one. Ish Smith was fine as well against the clunky Charlotte team. Troy Brown is okay, and he'll probably hover in that okay neighborhood. And it looks like Jan Mahimi's run of fun is, uh, and fun is a loose term, is probably over. For Toronto, with no Marcus Soule, that means Serge Ibaka is going to go crazy for a bit. And uh, that, I mean, he was already on teams. But this also opens up more opportunity for all of the other more fringy guys with Toronto as well. Every time one player is down... About three or four guys get a little boost. And there are a lot of guys on this team that are sitting right around the cut line. OG Ananobi for uh, Norman Powell as he's kind of settled in now after that blazing hot spell. Ibaka. All of these guys were kind of on the cusp. Perhaps even, I don't know if people even really noticed it, but with Gaskol out, it moves them all to the right side of the cut line and then it's not really an issue with the exception still of Ananobi who remains... Kind of a fat question mark with his incredibly low usage. I don't think he's a must-own guy. For Cleveland, Larry Nance Jr. still coming on. 13-9 with a block. 
Five out of ten shooting, made his free throws, hit a hit a three-pointer. Everything is golden there. Colin Sexton's actually been playing pretty well lately. Kevin Love, those are the three guys I think you could use on Cleveland right now. Tristan Thompson is being phased out. I would assume that means he's on the block. And I still think he's the easier guy to move. I know that there is discussion about him sort of being the guy to keep the, the locker room in check. I don't think that Kobe Altman cares that much about that side of things. I think he could walk down there and say, hey, Larry Nance Jr., you're the guy now. And if he's playing more minutes, I'm sure he'd be happy to. This team's in better spirits. I know they're still losing, but they're in better spirits, and it shows. The numbers are a little bit better for a lot of guys. I am not buying into the Darius Garland thing. I know he had a better ball game here, but too too inconsistent. And then uh, Jetty Osmond, he feels like he should get lapped by Kevin Porter here pretty soon. That's another guy to put on your watch list, despite his seven turnover game. I'm less interested in Kevin Porter than some of the other guys because he looks like a glorified Kevin Herter right now. Just in terms of fantasy stat set, uh, I'm going to see need to see a little bit more well-roundedness before I buy into that. Philly-Atlanta, I don't think there was a whole lot to go over here, with maybe the exception that on the Atlanta side, Herter, despite playing 30-plus minutes a game, we were all worried about what Jeff Teague might do to him. It's not really Teague so much as it is guys like Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter just taking more shots. Some of them ill-advised, some of them advised, but either way... Herter only took eight shots in 32 minutes yesterday. His usage was basically the lowest on the team. And that augurs poorly because you want him getting looks. He's a good shooter. If he's not shooting and he's not distributing, which he hasn't really been, because Trey Young had 18 assists in that ballgame, then he falls off the map. Herter's been well outside of 12-team territory now for the better part of two to three weeks. I'm okay with you guys moving on if you need to. I don't think that there's a a massive amount of upside with him as you sort of tick forward. Warriors got beat up by the Celtics. Um, Marquise Chris got another start at 9 points, 3 rebounds, which is not great, but also not terrible. 4 of 6 shooting, 2 steals and a block. I'll take it. I still like it. I think he's got some nice upside, especially on the defensive side of the basketball. Draymond Green was not great. In this ball, I thought he might get up to play the Celtics. Didn't really happen. D'Angelo Russell's been doing fine lately. Omari Spellman actually played pretty well off the bench, but you just can't trust it because if he has a bad game off the bench, his minutes go down into the mid-teens. A good game, he gets to 21. Damian Lee had a better ball game too, but I still think he's a drop. Things are ugly right now with the Warriors. If Steph Curry plays, I really don't know how the minutes are going to get mushmashed around. I do think it's going to be weird for all of the veterans. For the Celtics, I don't care that Daniel Tice only had five points. I love him lately. He's cruising. Jason Tatum came back, and otherwise things were fairly predictable there. For Utah, uh, up into altitude in Denver, this one was really tight throughout. Utah was favored, which I may have misread that yesterday. I thought Denver was a two-point favorite. It was Utah. Jordan Clarkson had 37, but he's not a pickup. He just got hot. Mike Conley was sitting in this one, so that gave him a little more opportunity as well. Donovan Mitchell had a horrible ball game. He shot one for 12 in what I would assume would be his worst game of the year. And then on the Denver side, Nikola Jokic was good. Torrey Craig was oddly good in this ball game. Michael Porter double-doubled with Gary Harris out. Jeremy Grant playing well with no Millsap. And then Will Barton. Malik Beasley's fallen off. Monty Morris is too unpredictable. As I've said before, I trudged Jokic, Grant, and Barton with Millsap out. And you can throw Porter into the mix when Harris sits. Simple as that. That team is just built on streaming right now. Sacramento got real hot. They had a, a franchise-best 21 three-pointers in L.A. against the Kawhi-less Clippers. 
Clippers hadn't played in a while. Kawhi had back tightness, so that's a pisser. Paul George came back, was horrible. Patrick Beverly came back, was actually pretty good. And the Clippers just got run. Not a great showing in this one from L.A. De'Aaron Fox and Dwayne Dedman both played really well for Sacramento. We're hearing that Rashawn Holmes might be back by next week. So if you're thinking about Dwayne Dedman's stream, eh, I mean, you're looking at a couple of ball games, maybe, and they probably won't be this good most of the time. Buddy Heald was decent off the bench again. Bogdan Bogdanovich was fine, but you guys know I'm not a huge fan of his fantasy game. And Amanya Bielitsa had 9-8 and eight on a bad shooting game, but at least he bounced back from that over the previous night. He's just, maybe we might find out that he has a cold or something. He'll be fine. Plus, his voodoo doll is working great right now since we got word that Marvin Bagley is out at least another three weeks. What a mess that dude's season's been. Yeesh. Well, Bielitsa, you're in, you're in cruise control, man, and Rashawn Holmes now has a wide-open ramp. That news probably makes Rashawn Holmes a difficult guy to buy low on, I would think. And that was your busier-than-usual Thursday. Let's uh, take a moment here and pivot to our week in review. Some of this stuff will sound familiar because a few of these guys were mentioned in our Thursday review segment. But let's start with pickups. We'll do drops. We've got some hold watch list guys. When we got specialists, we added that last week, remember. We've amended this portion of the show. Oh, hey, by the way, wanted to mention again, hit me up if you guys want to join our sales team. We are continuing to add bodies. <laughs> it's not a nice way to refer to you if you are interested in joining said sales team. You're more than just a body. <laughs> this is like a sexual harassment episode. You are so much more than just a body. If you want to join us on our sales team here at HoopBall, hit me up on Twitter at Dan Bespris or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Attention, Dan, on that email. Obviously, if you're tweeting at me, at Dan Bespris, you can, that is already attention, Dan. But you got to have midday availability. you got to enjoy your time on the telephones. That's where you will be, most of it. But it's an opportunity to work with us here at HoopBall. Make some cash in the process. And if you're interested in being a part of just the general HoopBall fun, we can tie that all together. If you want to work on some podcasts, maybe you got some marketing you want to do, you want to learn how to write for fantasy, that can all tie in with making some sales calls. So it's an opportunity to do what you love and then make maybe make a few bucks on the side. So hit me up at Dan Bespris or again, Team Hoopball at hoop-ball.com. Okay, now the week in review. Let's start with pickups because I think those are probably the most interesting thing. There were not a ton of new names that emerged this week, but I will start on the ones that I think were newest. And then I want to whip through some of the guys that we've actually talked about in the past before. Newest name on the list is Mikhail Bridges, who we did talk about last week as kind of a maybe. I think it might have even been on the Friday show last week where I said, maybe it was Monday. I don't know, man. They rolled together a little bit. Regardless, he was at that point kind of a maybe. I was looking at his numbers and saying, all right, well, you know, he's trending up. The minutes are starting to appear. The question is, can it translate into enough? Can he sort of, can he make the most of his time on the floor? Because right now, Phoenix has a lot of scoring options. So for Bridges, he's going to have to make sure the field goal percent stays very high because he's a relatively low-volume guy. So if he's not shooting the ball well, the points could drop from, you know, 9 to 4 very quickly. 
And the defensive stats have to be extremely consistent. Which, for the better part of a month now, with the minutes increasing, things have been working in that direction. He's owned in every one of my leagues, by the way. 49% overall in Yahoo, but 100% in competitive Dan leagues. And a lot of that's on the steals. He's a steal specialist. Gets one three-pointer, .7 blocks over the last month, so not bad in that department, but he's not going to blow the roof off the building. He's been a real nine-cat kind of dude because super low turnovers, both percentages are good. He's not killing you anywhere, but he's also not great in threes, points, rebounds, or assists. All right, so it's this weird... It's this weird blend. He's number 79 over the last month, but a lot of that's because he just has been okay in a lot of stuff and then really good at steals and pretty good at blocks and field goal percent and turnovers. So I don't think that this is a guy that if you don't pick him up, you're going to miss out on this massive game-changing dude because, look, let's be honest, Phoenix still has aspirations of competing for that eighth playoff spot. I don't know if it's going to happen for them. The three and a half back of the Grizz. Grizzlies, by the way, are two and a half up on everybody for that last playoff spot. Can you believe that? Grizzlies have a tiny cushion right now. But I would argue that everybody, I mean, even the Kings, I think, are going to delude themselves into thinking they can make a run for it. So at the moment, Grizzlies, Spurs, Blazers, Suns, Pels, Kings, all of those teams are going to be deluding themselves into a playoff fight. I think the Grizz, the Spurs, the Blazers maybe the Suns and Pels. The Suns, I guess we could say. They've been playing a little bit better lately. Pelicans, obviously, they're getting healthy as well. You know, Kings have been spiraling. They've they've won a couple here and there, and everybody's going to make a big deal about this Clippers win, but, you know, sometimes even a, not a great team gets hot. Point of all of this is the Suns are not about to just make a random youth movement and punt on whatever they... I mean, their team is largely a youth movement anyway, but... You know, they're not going to just sit Kelly Oubre because they are eliminated or something like that. They're making a run at it. Ricky Rubio is going to play Booker, Oubre, Ayton. All of these guys are going to be taking shots way before Mikhail Bridges. And so that makes me a little bit cautious. But I do think that at this point, he's, he's a guy you should roster. He may end up as a specialist, but the minutes are there right now. And there's a chance he could get over that hump, maybe. Another name that popped up over the last week is Trevor Ariza, who I did a full-on rant about. It wasn't a rant, really. It was just a expectation analysis on Trevor Ariza, right? Because he's shooting, what, are we, what did we say on yesterday's show, like 60% with Portland so far? And you just know that's not going to stick. We know enough about Trevor Ariza to know what he is, so... He's not going to be the guy that's scoring 21 points a game, which he's done twice in three games in Portland. If you want to know what you're looking at with him, and I still think that his time in Phoenix last year is not that crazy of a barometer of what to expect. You know, taking about 10, 11, 12 shots a game at a maximum, probably more like 9 or 10. He'll have some game. By the way, if you want to know his first game with Phoenix last year, he scored 21 points. So he's got a type. And then he scored 5 and then 6 and then 14. Then 6 and then 5 and then 14, 10 and 16. So it's going to be bouncing around with him because he relies on the outside shot and he's 8 of 16 from three-point land in Phoenix so far. So let's not go crazy, but he is a guy that belongs on teams right now, particularly if you need threes and steals. But the points are not going to stay at around 21. 
Marquise Chris is another guy I think that you could put on the list for this week as guys that have emerged with fantasy value. I mentioned him, obviously, as we were talking about the Thursday results, but I'm, I don't want to say excited about Marquise Chris, but I'm not not excited. Since the Warriors re-signed him, remember he missed, what did he miss, like two weeks after they released him? It wasn't very long. He played 11 minutes, then 15 minutes. Then he got 21 in Portland. 18 against Utah. Willie Cauley-Stein got traded, and since then, 21, 31, and 23. Over those last three games, he has four steals and three blocks. He scored 13, 15, and 9. And so over that stretch, by the way, he's also shot 70% over that stretch, which is probably not going to stick. I also think the rebounds probably improved for him. Remember, before he got released the first time, he was rebounding a little bit better. Last three games, he has three, five, and three rebounds. Previous three games, he had seven, six, and eight. Which, if he's playing in the mid-20s, you're probably looking at more in that five to seven range as opposed to the three to four range. So as you look at these numbers, you can say, okay, the field goal percent from 71, yeah, that's going to that's gonna come back down. He's probably going to be more in the 50 range. But you could also make the assessment that the rebounds will come up from 3.5 to more like 5.5. Steals and blocks, that's actually something that you might see out of him. We did this discussion earlier this week as to why he should be on fantasy teams. The steals and blocks are very much in play. He's always been able to get some of those. He's just been doing a lot of dumb stuff prior to this year. He's wiped out a lot of the dumb so the minutes are trending up, and now we're seeing some of this stuff come into fruition. So I believe he's a must-own guy right now, even if you don't have the confidence to start him immediately. And I'm going to put Christian Wood on this list as well, who was uh, a must-stash guy for me starting last week. I know for a lot of you guys that, uh, that don't exclusively listen to me, you've been stashing him for four or five weeks already, and there have been some bumps and bruises along the way. But now we're at a point where... So here's the thing. Because there are so many websites out there that have been saying stash him for two months, he's probably not going to be owned... Or he's not going to be available in your league. He's 37% owned in fan, in Yahoo leagues right now. So he might still be floating around out there. As of last week, I, my stash rule is basically for the trade deadline, about two weeks. Because weird things need to happen for them to actually move into value. We can always say, well, this guy should get moved. But... Do they? 20, 30% of the time, maybe. That's why I prefer injury stashes, because you know when a guy comes back, what his role is going to be. It's much more cut and dry. I'll stash an injured guy much longer, because the percentage success there, when it all is said and done, is much, much higher. But regardless, right now, Christian Wood, the minutes have ramped up into the 20 range, even with Andre Drummond around, and so he's more than just a stash, at least for this last week. Dwayne Casey is starting to trust him. So even if they don't move Andre Drummond, I think you're going to see 20 minutes of Christian Wood the rest of the way, and that makes him kind of a fringy guy, but at least useful. And obviously, if anybody gets moved in front of him, then he moves into legitimate fantasy value, like for real, for real. A couple of names that have been on the list for a little bit. Uh, Larry Nance Jr., who uh, you know we talked about as a potential stash a while back because the portfolio's been there. And he's just been great since he came back from injury. Daniel Tice, who should have been owned three weeks ago, but I'll just keep putting him on the list until he's owned in every fantasy league. Uh, and then guys like Norman Powell and Serge Ibaka in Toronto, who also should have been on teams already, but with their recent play, obviously garnering extra attention. Guys that I think are droppable, 
Everybody on Washington, basically, besides the main three, we talked about that already in our Thursday recap portion. OG Ananobi, I think, is probably a drop in Toronto. Darius Garland, I have as a drop. To me, his, his fantasy profile just isn't there yet. Something else needs to come around. You could put him on a specialist list, I guess, but there isn't even enough consistency there, in my estimation. All the other Warriors guys, besides Marquise Chris and Alec Burks, and then obviously Draymond and Steph and, and uh, D'Angelo, but I'm talking about the more fringy dudes. You can drop those guys, including Damian Lee. Same deal with Houston. I don't trust anybody beyond the main three. And then Josh Hart in New Orleans is also a drop for me. And by the way, on the Houston thing, I'm, I'm guessing there will be a little bit of pushback on that. But, uh, you know, we've seen now enough of the Russell Westbrook Rockets to know that when he and Harden are both playing, there's just no usage left at all. And so the only guy that can hang in there is Clint Capella because he's going to get a lob every now and then, and he's going to get rebounds, which don't actually factor into the usage stuff. P.J. Tucker needs another shot or a steal. He's been marginalized by Russell Westbrook getting comfortable. And then the rest of these guys, you can't trust them because it's all going to come down to whether or not they had five three-pointers in a game, and most of the time they won't. Those are your drops. I didn't really make a streamers list this week because to me it's basically just Denver. <laughs> Depending on who's out, you know who to throw in for the Nuggets. Uh, a couple of hold guys or watch list guys. I, I put Miles Bridges in there. And Willie Hernan Gomez, I'm actually okay with neither one of those guys being on your fantasy team right now. Same deal with P.J. Washington. I think he's more of a hold than a watch list. The other two guys are more of a watch list than a hold. Joe Ingles and Mike Conley are guys that should be held right now. Chris Dunn, Tomas Sadoransky, Chandler Hutchison, and Denzel Valentine are all in a weird loop-a-de-loop. They're in a carousel depending on who plays well on a given night. We saw Chris Dunn's minutes take a huge hit in Chicago's last game. We saw Sato's minutes take a big hit two games before that. Those two are obviously the guys that have the clearer path as starters, but anytime Hutchison or Valentine plays well, one of those two starters is prone to get whacked out of fantasy value. So be very careful with those guys. I'm basically benching them right now, all four. I'll probably hold on to Chris Dunn Sato is hanging on by a thread, if that, and then the other two guys are not on fantasy teams. It's really more of a whole situational watch list as opposed to individual guys. Jeremy Lamb is on my hold list right now. I want to see what happens with him as Victor Oladipo settles in. I think they're going to find a way to utilize him. I don't really know precisely how, but I think there's going to be some way for him to maintain. Derek White and DeJounte Murray are both on my hold list. I don't care that they some guys have slow games every once in a while. Those are dudes that are going to end up above the cut line as this year plays out. Dante DiVincenzo, despite a turned ankle, continues to play relatively well. And then guys on Dallas. This is a full-on watch scenario, and I'll bring that up again as we do the what's next for everybody portion of the proceedings. But Maxi Kleba... What happens with him is Vili Colley Stein settles in. Does Delon Wright continue to see enough minutes? Luka Doncic expected to miss a couple of ball games. So does Jalen Brunson now get his uh, another run like he did earlier in the season? I'd say there's a distinct possibility he does. Specialists, the last part of our week in review before we turn our attention to the future. Kevin Herter is a specialist now. 
Controversial, I know. I just, and I know, you know, I know we talked about it already earlier in the program, but I feel like there's a thing happening in Atlanta, and it's a thing that's kind of ruining fantasy value for everybody that's not Trey Young or John Collins. And that thing, as mentioned, is that Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter are getting aggressive in the offense. Life was better for Kevin Herter when he was getting more shots than those other dudes. I'm not sure that any one of the three are going to end up as a fantasy value the rest of the way. Because Reddish, it's not clear his fantasy game is there yet. We've seen DeAndre Hunter, his fantasy game isn't really there yet. Herter's the one who has a chance with some steals and the opportunity to get a few assists earlier this year, but that stuff has largely gone away, and they're like three clones of one another right now. Look at their numbers in this last ball game. It's actually mind-boggling. Kevin Herter, 12 points, two rebounds, two assists, one steal. Cam Reddish, 12 points, two rebounds, two assists, no steals. They both hit two three-pointers, by the way. DeAndre Hunter, 15 points, two rebounds, four assists, no steals, two three-pointers. It's crazy. Not one of them did enough to be fantasy relevant, despite all of them playing 30 minutes. Cam Reddish, 29 minutes, 55 seconds. Apologies. Can any of them get over the hump in more of a points league type situation? I would probably give the nod to DeAndre Hunter there before the other two, but geez. Things got real goofy real fast. Reggie Jackson is on my specialists list, although you could make the argument for him to just be owned because, again, we're seeing more from him with no Blake Griffin around. Blake was the guy that depressed all of the other distributors' numbers because he was getting all the assists. Maybe Reggie Jackson can get four or five instead of two or three. Maybe three and a half assists becomes four and a half assists. That's actually a really big deal for a point guard because we know he can score, and he's going to be asked to do that on a Detroit team that can't score for the most part, aside from Derrick Rose, basically. Good free throw shooter. He'll probably hit some threes. Uh, not going to get any steals. Field goal percent is going to hurt you, which I think maybe keeps him more in that 100 to 130 range. And that's why I think perhaps I do keep him classified as a specialist. But there might be more than that in there. DeAndre Jordan is back. His rebound field goal percent stuff available to you. People are going to, I think, tell me that I'm a little bit too low on this dude, but I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop on Dylan Brooks, who's just been on this furious scoring binge lately. He's been great. Last month, he's number 63, scoring 21 points a game on 47% from the field and 85% at the free throw line. And I know that he hasn't been around in the NBA long enough for us to say, well, you know, he's got to regress. But at the same time, I feel like he's got to regress. He's a career 43 percenter, and a lot of that, is only because he's right around 43 this year. He was at like 41 before this recent hot stretch. He's also a career 70-some-odd foul shooter, but that has come up this season. He's at 40% from downtown. The steals and the blocks, that's all pretty much in line. The rebounds, the assists, the turnovers, a lot of that stuff is in line with what you'd expect from his career numbers. But this hot stretch, this 46% shooting for a month... That's got to come down. There's going to be a cold spell in there, and it's going to wallop somebody. So you can ride it, man, and I, and I have no problem with it because maybe there's a chance he just got a lot better in, like, the last month and a half. Maybe he just turned a corner, but guys go on month-long hot stretch. Luka Doncic went on, a, like, a two-and-a-half-month hot stretch, and then he's cooled off a little bit. This It happens. 
J.J. Redick is also a specialist list for me right now, scoring threes and some free throws if you need that type of stuff. And I have leagues where that's actually useful. Duncan Robinson, three balls on better percentages. Goran Dragic, you could make an argument. I hate his percentages, but he is scoring a lot. So some points, a few assists for a guy, but he's going to hurt you in field goal and free throw. And then finally, and I'll give him credit because he's played better lately, but Alfred Payton to me is not climbing out of my specialist zone without a prolonged stretch of him not killing me in the categories where he generally does. He's been really good the last couple of weeks. He's averaging nine assists over the last two weeks. He's going to be suspended here. I don't know if that is the type of number that I can keep up. I mean, you know, the guys go on runs, teammates maybe hitting shots a little bit more. I think Marcus Morris being back has been good for him. But again, if those nine assists come back down to seven, he's number 82 over the last two weeks. If that comes down from nine to seven and he's blocking a shot a game over the last two weeks, which feels unsustainable as well, then that 82 turns into 132 real fast. So, again, giving credit where credit's due, but also understanding that the nine assists is above his normal mark in 30 minutes a game. Over his career, he's been around six and a half assists in 30 minutes. Even seven and a half, you want to go real high with New Orleans. Steals, that's sustainable. One block, no, not sustainable. He's around half a block a game, 0.7 maybe in 36 minutes per 36, if you want to go that high. More like 0.5, 0.6 in 30 minutes a game. So a lot of this stuff feels like it's going to come back down, but you catch the hot stretches, and you try to dodge the cold, and that's why for me it's tough for me to put him above specialist, but I get it. He's been good lately. Guys, you got a few more hours if you want to get in on our MyBookie contest, a chance for a hoop ball to bankroll your betting endeavor. Oh, by the way, we did get word this morning that Doncic might miss more than just two ball games. Sounds like the ankle sprain is considered moderate now, so it could be more like two weeks. So if you got a chance, maybe pick up Jalen Brunson. He was really good the last time around. Uh, but back to, again, the mybookie.ag. Follow Hoopball Gaming, listen to Today in Sports Betting, and come win some cash with us. And then do it on the house. Why would you not be doing it on the house at this point? Join mybookie.ag using the promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y, I'll remind you again today, T-O-D-A-Y, Make your first deposit when you're signing up. I don't care what it is. 50 bucks, 60 bucks, 100 bucks, 20 bucks, 200 bucks. I don't know what you got lying around. Screenshot it and send that to me at Dan Vespers, Hoopball Gaming, or email the team hoopball at hoop-ball.com. We'll get you in on the contest. This, again, is your last day to do it. And we'll start drawing names when the contest runs out later this afternoon on Friday. If your name is drawn... We'll pay for your deposit, up to 200 bucks, whatever you put into your account. So don't wait. You can't win and then make a deposit. It doesn't count. You have to make the deposit, show us what it was. Hey, here's our, my $50 deposit. And if you win, we'll bankroll it. We'll just give you 50 bucks. We'll PayPal it to you. It's, a, it's an amazing contest. Chance to bet on the house. And again, your odds are really good. It's not like we have three or 400 people entering contests like this, okay? I'm not going to give you the exact number, but I'm going to tell you it's winnable. It's not stellar, but, like, here's the thing. Another note, we're giving away 200 bucks regardless. So we might have two or three different winners. Your odds are really good, by the way. So put a deposit in, screenshot it, send it our way. Again, you got to use promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y. And we'll get you on that contest to maybe win 
Some cash. Win some cash. All right, next ball game for every team. That's the last part we've got here on this Friday weekend edition of uh, Fantasy NBA Today. Toronto at Detroit. That's the first game coming up later on today. You know, again, as, Marcus, uh, as long as Marcus Sol is out, we pretty much know what to expect with Toronto. I am not, as we heard already on the OG Ananobi thing. With Detroit, I think we have a pretty good feel now as well. Uh, Reggie Jackson feels like he's above the cut line, at least for the time being. His minutes trending up. Derek Rose, same deal. Andre Drummond, Christian Wood. You've got four names out there. While guys like Sekou Dumbuya have fallen off. Not that surprised there. Chicago-Brooklyn, we've already talked about the Bulls at great length because of the emergence of more wings and screwing up, basically, because if Sato's playing, he's going to be the point guard, which means they don't really need Chris Dunn out there at the same time. If they could go to another wing, they might. And if Sato's not playing well, if Dunn's playing well, then Sato's going to sit because they've got two wings behind him. For Brooklyn... You guys know my feelings. There's not much we're really watching for here. Dallas, yeah, plenty. Now, with no Doncic, does that mean DeLon Wright's going to get to do more? I would assume so. He should be rosterable while Luka's out. Again, remember last time it was Brunson who got a big, big bump with no Luka around. What is Willie Cauley-Stein going to do? How does he settle in? Played a few minutes that last time. Maybe he gets into the 12, 13-minute range. If he trends up to 20, I'm in. Houston, don't care. Memphis, we got a good feel for them these days. New Orleans, you know, again, I think we have a pretty good feel there as well. Thunder, yeah, we got them figured out. Phoenix, we're watching Mikael Bridges. See what's going on with his next ball game. Maybe you make a call there. As I mentioned, he's owned in all of my fantasy leagues, but maybe he's not in yours. With Denver, it's all about who's playing and who's not. For Milwaukee, nothing changes really on a game-to-game basis. Portland, at Lakers, I mean, this is really, I'm going to be watching this game, and I'm probably going to be sobbing one last time here. Lakers' first game since the Kobe Bryant news on Sunday. Remember, their Tuesday game was postponed against the Clippers. Uh, this is at Staples Center, so even even more emotional. Like, if you're on the road, they could do a couple of things, but this is going to be, this is going to be a serious moment. Uh, Lakers defensively are very good. And so we'll see what that means for someone like Ariza. Carmelo is questionable, and I would imagine it's because of the Kobe stuff and the game in Los Angeles. I, you know, they, they said personal reasons. That would be my guess. I know that last one was really hard for him, and now to have to go straight to L.A., brutal. One of his good, good friends. For the Lakers, I'm assuming Anthony Davis plays. He's been listed as questionable for a couple of weeks now, but they haven't played in a week, so he should be good to go. So you got him, you got LeBron, and uh, that's about it on that front. But again, you know, we'll watch Trevor Ariza. That's really the thing to watch from a fantasy standpoint in that ball game. Saturday's a big one. We can wipe out most of the other teams on our list here. Minnesota, yeah, I mean, we can keep, we'll keep an eye on Shabazz Napier. He probably should have gone on my specialist list. I know he's been playing better than that lately, but he'll settle. For the Clippers, maybe Kawhi Leonard comes back. When do you start Paul George? We need to find out what his actual minute cap is. The Knicks... Suspensions loom. Basically just ignore this ballgame until they get back to normal, and then we pretty much know what to deal with them. Victor Oladipo in Indiana. A lot of things to watch there, namely Jeremy Lamb. He's sort of the big one. How does What hit does he take in kind of how does that trickle effect occur with some of the other guys on the team? Miami-Orlando, not much going on here worth taking note of. We already talked about Brooklyn. 
Washington, same kind of thing. Bryant, Bertans, and Beal, my killer bees. That's about as far as I'm going with that ball club. But does Rui Hachimura play? And if so, I mean, I assume he's only going about 16 minutes in this game. Warriors, loving on Marquise Chris. I think he's going to play well, especially against the Cavs team that, well, doesn't defend all that great. Larry Nance has been cruising. Not much else to pay attention to there unless somebody gets moved leading up to the ball game. Atlanta, you got all these guys vying for touches. We've talked about it twice already. There's Dallas again, so the back-to-back would, you know, interesting stuff going on there. Philly at Boston, not a whole lot to pay attention to with these two ball clubs right now. Charlotte, Willie Hernan Gomez is the guy to watch. San Antonio, does LaMarcus Aldridge get back for this ball game? We hope so. Lakers-Kings, I guess you could watch Deadman if you want, but I'm not super into it. Utah-Portland, Mike Conley is the guy where... And, I, and again, you've got to give him two weeks. Give him two more weeks. I don't care what's going on. Don't worry too much about the day-to-day. You've got to give Conley more time. They're really slow easing him in. And I think that's all 30. Did I get all 30? I don't know. If I didn't, it means they're not playing until Monday anyway, so we'll deal with it then. And that's your show, everybody. We managed to do it in 45 minutes. Hot damn. Crammed it in there. Record time. Thanks for listening. Again, please drop a five-star review on the podcast with a funny note. I would love to read that on the show next week. Come on, hit me up if you want to be a part of the Madness at Hoopball. And of course, again, join the contest, man. Do some betting. Put three bucks on stuff. Five bucks on stuff. I don't care. Put 40 bucks into an account. Put 50 bucks into the account. We'll try to make that last for years. And you know what? If we bankroll you, then you won't even care. MyBookie.ag promo code today. Folks, have a marvelous weekend. Enjoy your Super Bowl. Wait until the very last second and bet the under on the national anthem. People are always betting the over on that thing. So let the number keep climbing and at the last second, go the opposite way. That's my advice on that one. And then, I don't know. Don't bet on the coin flip. Come on. Okay, fine. Do it. Gorge yourself to oblivion. We'll be back with you hungover on Monday. Not from drinks, from food. That's, we get older. It's food hangover. I am Dan Bespris at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Love you guys. It's been a tough week. Thanks for sticking with me on this one. Hopefully next week, a little more normal. That's all we can really ask for. And one last time before we go, rest in peace to everybody on that helicopter. Enjoy the weekend, folks. We'll talk to you on Monday. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.